With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, good evening, everyone. Welcome this evening to uh, the Blog Talk Podcast, Heavenly Places. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Dorothy Carruthers once again <clears throat> having us. I'm your host, Jameer. And, and actually, we have a, a special treat for whoever's listening this, this evening or whoever's going to listen to it later on. Um, his name is uh, Apostle, and he's also a pastor, uh, James Vivian, out of uh, Kansas City, Missouri, and, and he works in uh, deliverance ministry, and he's worked with uh, many uh, well-known ministers and uh, throughout throughout the nation. Some of them you may may heard of, and he's he's done many many people drive for miles and miles and miles just to get to this man to get to get help. Um, and I could say I could say a whole lot of things about him, but um, I'm gonna just open up in, with a word of prayer, and I, then I'm gonna let him take over from there. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, and mercy. Father, we thank you for being a loving Father, God. Um, I thank you, Father, for opening the hearts of your people who are who are listening, Father, whether this evening or later on, Father. Um, let them be delivered, healed, and saved, and set free tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, uh, Apostle Pastor Vivian, James, are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I'm here. Okay, all right, okay. Well, I'm turning it over to you. <laughs> well, thank you. First, give an honor to God who's the head of my life, his son, Jesus Christ, and the blessed Holy Spirit. Because without them, you can't be nothing. I've been doing exorcisms probably about 37 years now, so I know a little bit about what I'm doing. Uh, one of the main things that I want to teach on or uh, speak on is how many uh, times in the Bible that is written about exorcism. Most people wanted to say deliverance, but it's really exorcism means to cast something out. So that's what we do. We cast demons out of people. One of the questions that usually come to a person's mind, can a Christian have a demon? The first thing I want to say is, The Bible was written to the Christian, not to the sinner. It was not written to another uh, denomination. It was written to the saints. So the Bible talks about exorcism, about one-third of the Bible. So the first person who did exorcism was David. He did it with a heart. And also, if you check Jewish history, it says that Solomon did exorcism. And Besides him, exorcism has been a current thing in the Jewish faith all before, even before Jesus came here. But Jesus took it to another level, and that was to expose the, the demons that uh, were in the churches and stuff by his presence being there, what we call the anointing. The anointing is what destroys the yoke. And because of that, what destroys the yoke, this is why you, as a person of Christ, or as a person who's in, who's in the ministry, or even just a believer, you have power to destroy the kingdom of darkness. 
But if you don't know you have the power or don't know how to operate in the power, you can't do nothing. So one of the things is, first of all, can a Christian have a demon? The answer is yes. That's why it was written to us. It told us in the book of Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So if it said we wrestle not, it's talking to us. It was written to us, but against principalities, powers, wicked rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. This, and the main thing is you've got to put on the whole armor of God. That's why one of the other questions that most people say, if you do deliverance, aren't you worried they're going to jump into you? No. If you do what the Bible says, the Bible says put on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It also uh, talks about being in the power of his might, understanding. When you cast out demons, it is not you. It is the spirit of God that does the work. And the main thing is you have to know your scriptures. Scriptures are powerful. Like uh, Psalms 51, create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit. Uh, Psalms 23, the Lord Jesus Christ. I always add Jesus Christ because David didn't know the name of the Lord, but we do. The Lord Jesus Christ is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then you also look at for protection. A lot of people, I'm getting calls now that people are getting attacked at night in their bedrooms and stuff. These spirits are attacking and one of the things I tell them, Psalms 91, he who dwells in the secret place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So these are the things that you have to sell in your mind first. Can a Christian have a demon? The answer is yes. Is there anything we can do about it? The answer is yes. We're not powerless. In fact, we're overcomers. We got the power. We are stronger than they are. So anybody got any questions so far? Um, I guess, could you tell me about like any of your experiences you can, you can share through one of your, uh, services or when you was helping someone? Okay. Well, I had a young man to come to my house. His mother said that he had something here ever since he was born. He was 54 years old when he came over. He brought an atheist with him and he brought his girlfriend with him. So we do how we uh, fight the devil. How do we wrestle with him? We use scriptures. And so I was doing a curse breaking over this young man. All of a sudden he manifested. And I asked the demon, what is your name? He said, you don't have enough power to get my name. I said, okay, I'll ask you again. And I'm using this scripture here. He said, I told you, you don't have enough power to get my name. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're not going to help you. He said the holy angels are standing behind you, and they ain't going to help you. I'm one of the most powerful demons you'll ever meet. He said, I'm going to show you what I can do. He took his hand and waved it in the air. The sky went instantly dark. The birds stopped singing, and two tornadoes appeared over, over the house here. They were up on the air. They wasn't down here, but they were up there. Then he looked at me and said, now what can you do? So I turned around, walked to the wall, and said, Lord, help. Because I said, this demon's got to be lying. He said, you're not going to help me. And the Lord gave me an angel's name. I came back, and I said, I'm going to ask you again, what is your name? Because once you get their name, you have power over them. That's why they fight not to give you their name. So I called that angel, and I told him to stab him. And when I did, that demon screamed. 
And I said, now I'm going to torment you. I don't care what your name is. And I kept on tormenting until finally he just begged me. He said, I'll tell you my name. I said, what is it? He said, my name is Adamos. I'm the king of the demons. Now, that's just one of the things that I go through. Another one, uh, this lady came to the uh, church, and as soon as she was walking in the door, I hadn't even got a chance to talk to her. She walked through the door, and she said, you're not casting me out. And I said, what? She said, you're not casting me out. I didn't realize that she's already manifested, just walking into the church doors. So the Lord told me, uh, get ready and do a deliverance on this lady. Found out she had a spirit called Jezebel. Well, she didn't even know she had it. Well, I did curse breaking over her, got Jezebel up. There's a way of getting these spirits up and how to torment them. And you have to know the scriptures. And one of the things was to torment this Jezebel spirit, you call on the dogs of Jezreel. And with her, it's always going to be uh, Ahab. And sometimes you'll even have mind control and mind blocker. They don't run by themselves. They usually run in groups. And then they also have kingdoms. And the reason uh, Jesus asked what was that spirit name, because if you go back and read all three of the uh, things that was written about the demoniac, you'll find that there was two of them. It wasn't one. It was two in the, in the uh, graveyard. And when they came before the Lord, the power of God was so strong on them, they asked, what do, you have, what do we have to do with you? They knew who he was. And then, uh, see, the thing is, a lot of things are not written in the Bible because you have to be taught them. That's why you have to have a teacher. But anyway, to uh, get to the, another one here, uh, I was in uh, Florida, and this young man and his sister came up for prayer. As I started praying for her, or I started for the brother first, I started praying for him, he jumped to attack. And I showed him the power of God, that the, the power that we have in the word of God. I told him he couldn't hurt me, and he couldn't. He tried. And then a uh, few of the other members grabbed him. We prayed for him, cast these demons out. He had anger and hate and resentment uh, because he had been, his father left home when he was a kid. And his sister, the same thing. He thought I was fighting the She-Hulk the way she came at me. But the power of God is stronger than the power of, of the devil. As long as you're a believer, you've got power. It gives you power. That is something you didn't earn. You couldn't bribe nobody for it, but God gave it to you. But only if you're willing to receive it. One more case I'll give you, and then I'll open it back up again. Um, this was this lady. She, all these are church members, so you know they can't say, "Well, they're 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 demon possessed anyway." No, these people have been in church ten, twenty years sometimes. One lady came. We started doing curse breakings. The thing manifested, and I told them, "I said, what is your name?" The people said, "Why do you do that?" I said, because if you knew the whole story about the demoniac and the way uh, the Jews did deliverance, you would understand. So I asked his name. He said, I ain't going to tell you. He said, but I trained for you all your life since you were born. I've been training for this moment. And so the war was on. I started doing curse breakings and using scriptures on him. And he said, go ahead. Throw Holy Ghost fire on me. It don't bother me. I prayed Holy Ghost fire. He shook it off like it ain't nothing. I said, well, 
I'm going to put the pressure on you until the Bible says that you are under our feet. And I started stepping on He said, look, I told you I trained for you. And, I mean, we battled for hours. So finally, he told me, he said, uh, see, I ain't worried about no fire or anything. I was created in fire. You have to listen to what they say because they'll give away secrets. And the secret was if he was created in fire, what would be his, the weapon against him? Holy water. And when I did that, he screamed and hollered, got him on out, and the lady was doing great afterwards. Any more questions? Well, you said when you use scriptures, what, what scriptures do you use? Like you got any ones that we can write down mm-hmm. to reference? Yes. Uh, I use Psalms 1. And the way I use Psalms 1, like uh, a lot of people don't know about Nephilim, but Nephilim are the spirits of the giants. And they attack people. So what I do is, like David did, he cut out the head of the Goliath, uh, which was a Nephilim, held it up as a trophy to the Most High God, and then the body, I don't know what he did with the body, but what we do, since it's a spiritual thing now, we use Psalms 1, where it says, uh, low away uh, the shaft. In other words, you change the body to shaft or ashes, and you have the Holy Spirit blow it away. Well, that's one. Uh, Psalms uh, 23, because you're going to need protection. So that's why you use that Psalm 23, which is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then there's Psalms uh, 82. Psalms 82, if you, if when you get a chance in your time to read, you'll see it, it talks about God judging among the gods. And that's what you want. You want God to intervene in this thing because you can't do it by yourself. So the word of God is that all kinds of scriptures, and one of the one of the main key scriptures that you can use is Psalms seventy one through eighty two. All those are weapons. Like it says in seventy one, it say, "Deliver me, O God, out of the hands of the wicked, out of the hands of the unrighteous and cruel man." So in other words, if you're speaking God's word, God honors His word. His word does not come back void. So this is what you look for, things like that that will be able to help you in the middle of the battle. Any other questions? Now, you you mentioned uh, the uh, the holy water. So you, you, what do you mean by that? Okay. Holy water is no more than, uh, well, with me, I buy the, uh, and I don't have to, but I buy the bottled water. And we pray over that water. And once we pray over the water, and it becomes holy water. Also, we use what they call holy oil. I buy that at, at the Bible bookstore. And then we also use the Bible itself for weapon. Boy, it says, uh, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. So that's a weapon. Another thing is a weapon is that, um, the cross. And people say, well, I don't know. Why do you use all that? I've never read that in the Bible. But it the thing is that not everything is written in the scriptures. And when you be riding down the street and when your best friends look at you and say, I'm the devil, he may not be playing. It might be the devil. So you need to learn about spiritual warfare. I've seen people that levitated in church, and the pastor didn't want to do nothing about it because he's afraid if you mess with the devil, the devil will mess with him. Yes, if you don't have the whole armor of God, if you don't have power in you, in you of the Holy Spirit, Yes, they're going to mess with you. 
But if you are born again and have received the power of the Holy Spirit, then it's your duty to go out and help others. Any now, other questions? Well, how how would um a, a regular, I guess, a regular believe, believer, if they, if they're struggling, they can't reach anybody to help them. What what can they do? I mean, if they're home alone and they or their church doesn't do anything like that, what can, what can, what, what can, what can they do? Well, that's where we're running into problems now. I stay busy here in Kansas City, but I travel all over the United States. A lot of churches don't believe in doing exorcism. A lot of churches don't believe that a Christian can have a demon. But yet and still, look at how many marriages are breaking up. How many people are committing suicide and stuff. How many they got unanswered questions, like as I told you about the one levitated? This lady called me over the <laughs> phone and told me that her, uh, her son levitated. She's scared. She don't know what to do. So she called her pastor, and her pastor said, I'll get back with you. She waited two weeks, and he didn't call her. She called me, and I called him, and they didn't even want me to come to the church. He wouldn't even talk to me about it. Because I don't like working with somebody else's ministry unless the pastor of that church gives me permission. But all you have to do is look at Jesus. They did him the same thing, and the disciples. So the main thing is if you don't know what to do, get on the Internet and start typing in things that, you you know, hey, I need an exorcist. I need somebody that does deliverance. Check to see where you can find one. Like a lady here in Kansas City, uh, she was here five years. She's been going through things. And she's, she's one of the, uh, as they say, she was, her parents and grandparents were in the ministry. So she figured hey, just being in the ministry should help her, but it didn't. And these demons were tormenting her day and night and stuff. And so she looked through the phone book and found me that I was here in Kansas City. And she said, here, she's been looking for five years. But that's why I tell people, you've got to search. If you're hungry for God, God said, ask, seek, knock. That means you can't be lazy. You've got to get up and search for help. And so things. some of the, so some of those scriptures would they would they they help or like could they quote them over themselves the scriptures or? Yes, you can quote the scriptures over yourself, but that's just the beginning. I'm not telling you everything that we have to do. I'm just trying to make it short so people understand there is help here. We have I'm with uh, Bob Larson Ministries, and we have about oh I guess a good. 50 churches here in the United States, and we got over 500 overseas. So the people overseas know they have demons. It's just here in the United States, we're so educated that we figure that we can take some pills or uh, go to the psychiatrist, and that's going to take you out of whole trouble. Hey, they're good. The psychiatrists are good. You hear me? But I can mm-hmm. get them to come over here as patients. So that's trying to change. They go through. Mm-hmm. Is that no, go they go through. And, and if you check, you'll find out a lot of those psychiatrists are committing suicide. Now, how are you going to help me and you you can't even help yourself sometimes? So you're saying that those people who are dealing with uh, depression, they could be suffering from some type of oppression or 
need mm-hmm. some type of deliverance or exorcism? Yeah, because a lot of times people think that uh, uh, if you got a demon, you're possessed. No. Possessed means that this thing has taken completely over your spirit, soul, and body. But you can be oppressed to where the demon is outside of you causing you problems, or they can be attacking your soul. But one of the questions are, can a, uh, how, is it, how is it a Christian can have a demon? The reason is you're made up of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. The demons attack your, your body. They attack your soul, which is your mind, your will. But your spirit, they cannot get in there if you're born again. Because once you're born again, Jesus lives in there. I did a, a deliverance on a lady. She said, um, uh, I think I'm a chaff. I don't think I'm God's in me and stuff. I said, well, let's do some curse breakings and let's do some prayer. And when we did that, the demon came up. And I said, where are you at? He said, I'm in her body. I said, oh, what's yet? I'm in her soul. I said, why aren't you in her spirit? He said, Jesus lives there. We can't go there. So that's what I'm trying to tell people. Learn what the Bible says and operate upon the word of God. Jesus did exorcism. His apostles did exorcism. The believers did exorcism. And that's what we're supposed to be able to do. And by speaking the word, those scriptures I gave you alone are good enough to get started. Uh, as for myself, I, had, I do self-deliverance every once in a while on myself. And uh, as I was praying and doing curse breakings and stuff, I did not realize I had a spirit of lust. And as soon as I hit the scripture that caused that thing up, I had to go to the bathroom. And once I did that, it was gone. So as I say, a wow. lot of times people want to go to churches and they want to, oh, you'll be all right. All you have to do is pray enough and all you have to do is fast enough and all you have to do is worship God and that'll be it. You got to get to the root to see if you got the, the spirit in you or is it a generational spirit. See, a lot of people don't want to believe in generational spirit. They tell me, well, you know, Jesus nailed all that to the cross. No. What he nailed to the cross is called the ceremonial law. You don't have to kill no chickens or bugs or anything else to uh, do a blood sacrifice anymore. Jesus is our blood sacrifice. Some of these uh, other religions, they use bugs and kill them as a sacrifice, or they'll kill uh, different animals and stuff, and they sacrifice to their God. But our God required one sacrifice, and that was his son. And when his son paid that, now we have the word that we can say, we are redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Any other questions? Um, now, um, you, you have given uh, some uh, examples of uh, some things, some of the ones that happened in your church now. Have you ever encountered anything with, like, any other religions that might be, like, a, a unclean spirit, like, as far as, like, um, Hinduism or Islam or or is that just, are they just regular religions or, or what's, what goes on behind those things? Okay. Now, with Islam and them, since they're not Christian, they normally don't come looking for a person like me. They run it. They have their own, what they call, uh, casting out demons. They call them jinns and stuff like that. But if you, if you ever watch one of their, their, their uh, 
things, you'll see that it takes them a long time and it doesn't really work all the time. Us, when we, you have the power of Jesus Christ in you, we have the power. And like I'll give you an example. I was sitting at a dinner table at Golden Corral, and this lady said, I saw you on TV. I said, yeah. She said, can I sit down? I said, yeah, have a seat. So when she sat down, she started growling. And when she started growling, the people were eating. They turned and looked at her and everything, the manager and them coming down. I stood up. I said, don't worry. I got this. I'm an exorcist. And I had to cast that demon out of that lady right there at Golden Corral. But, see, I didn't ask what religion you are. It's whatever comes up, if somebody's around you, if the Holy Spirit is touching you, you never know what's going to happen. Your job is to obey the scriptures and do it. Any other oh, questions? Oh, oh wow. Um, I I had a few questions, but Dorothy, did you have anything you wanted to say? Dorothy's on here, too. I think. Yes, I had my mic muted. Um, oh. Just in case the cats want to make a bunch of noise, you know. Uh, (laughs) I'm really interested in self-deliverance because so many of our listeners are isolated. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't have the option of going for help. So if you could cover that in more detail, I I think that would be helpful to our listeners. Okay. Well, one of the things that you can do for self-deliverance is to get on the Internet and find out all the curse-breaking uh, manuals and stuff. But there, there's, there's tons of curse-breaking manuals. And what is a curse-breaking? Well, a curse, according to the Scripture, is not broken until it's broken. So that means it's a continuation thing. So that's why you can have generational curses. But if you go on the Internet and put down curse-breaking, there's a lot of stuff will come up. One of the good persons to look at is uh, Bob Larson Ministries. He has a lot on YouTube. And then you have other ministries like uh, TB Joshua and uh, uh, what's his name? Alpha, Alpha, Lou, L, it's spelled L-U-K-A-U, L-A-K-A-U. And you'll see how they do it, and you just practice what you see. You know, the more you see something, the more you get better at it. And one of the things that I didn't tell you earlier, I use the Hebrew alphabet to do deliverance. And the people say, where do you get the Hebrew alphabet? It's in our Bible. If you've got a King James Bible, and if you turn to Psalms 119, 119, you'll see the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. God put that in there for a reason, because they are weapons. They really, if you really have a, a, I don't want to say a deep understanding, but you do have to have some sort of a deep understanding about this, that the Hebrew alphabet is really Jesus. That's why he said, I am the Alpha and Omega. What he was saying in Hebrew, he said, I am the Aleph Tau. And if you have a Torah, and it's written in Hebrew, you can see out of town, all through the Torah, all through the Torah. And that's who Jesus is. So, like, if I give you an example, I'm just going to teach you five letters right quick. The first letter is called Olive. The next one's called Beth. The next one's called Gimel. The next one's called Dalit. And the next one's called Hay. 
Now, it's not like our A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It doesn't mean that A, B, C, D, F, G. But each one of those letters represents what Jesus said and what Moses said. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word. Those Hebrew letters are words. So like Aleph, it means to be quiet, or it could mean to be the head. I'm not going to give you all what it means. Just remember Aleph being head. The next one is called death. Death means house or dwelling place. The next one is Gimel. It's a rich man running after a poor man to give him something. Well, who's the rich person? God is. Who's the poor person? Us. What do we need? That's the next letter. It's, uh, it's the next letter is Dalit, which means knowledge. And what does God say? My people perish for what? Lack of knowledge. And then the next word is hey, which means thought, speak, and action. So now you put it together, there's a message for you. The head of the house, that's Alan Bet, the head of the house gives, gives uh, knowledge. That's the fourth letter, which is knowledge. And the last letter, by how, an action. Everything is created by the word. God first thought about it, he spoke it, and the action happened. And that's just five of the Hebrew letters. I use that in, in deliverance and everything, too. So as I say, the main thing, Internet. It's the best thing that's ever been made. You can find the Hebrew alphabet. You can find self-deliverance on there. But I'm trying to tell you, it's better to have somebody else with you. But the Bible tells us, you know, uh, that if we're two touching agree or two in a group, that he would be there. You need Jesus. And you doing it by yourself is kind of hard because if they come up and you don't know what to do, you end up, you're, you're, you're bound. So you need to have somebody there that knows what they're doing. Any other questions? Could you said uh, uh, it's good to have two, two with you. Um, two, yeah, so what it, two to yeah. three. Two to three. Would it be possible? Was something like would people be able to do something like that over the phone, or you would recommend that? Uh, rather the person be with somebody that knows what they're doing, because not only do you have what we call demons, devils, uh, but we also have what they call altars. Now, in the medical profession, you call them MPD or DID, which is multiple personality disorder. And those are not demons. And when you try to you call yourself casting out a demon, screaming at them, you're hurting those little parts, feelings. And the way you get those parts, uh, I say 80% of the people that come to see me, men and women, have been raped at one time or been uh, uh, molested. And those things break off parts. You might have been in a car accident thinking you're going to die. It breaks off a part so that you, the core person, will not go crazy, but this, uh, what we call the altar, takes that pain. And, it, and a lot of times when you run into a situation, like uh, one lady, she's scared to catch an elevator. Why? Because when she was younger, she got hit by a car. And that little thing kept it, in, you know, even though she's a grown woman, it kept her in her mind that if you're in, in a close place, you might get hurt. So this altar had it, and I had to speak to the altar 
And that's another thing, getting that thing up. That's why I said you really need to go to a professional, somebody that knows what they're doing, uh, psychotherapists and psychiatrists. They're good at helping you on that. But if you want to be set free, this is why you really need an exorcist. Okay. Any other questions? Now, I, there was one scripture I wanted to read, but I, I can't find it, but it was about uh, the shattered, having a shattered soul or mm-hmm. scripture it was. Um, well, you know, when we run it, that's what it is. When we say altars, that's what it is, a shattered soul. And that's why the Bible says Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted or put those pieces back together again. So as I say, the scriptures are, all you have to do, I mean, all you have to do, you have to really study the scriptures and you can find the answers to anything you need to know. And the, and the devil has to respect the word of God. Now you have some of what they call stubborn. They'll fight you and declare, no, ain't no such thing happening. You can't do that. <laughs> but see, the Bible tells us, they say in uh, Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? For the Lord is the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? So in other words, people, a lot of people have the spirit of fear in them. And the Bible tells in the New Testament that God didn't give us a spirit of fear. But how do we fight it? We call them the angels of love. And then uh, now, now you said, um, what is something that someone can do? Because I guess you said some of these unclean spirits or demons they come in through generational. Do they? Mm-hmm. Is there any other way that they come in, or is there anything if, that someone yes. can do to uh, stop, yes. stop them, or any type of activity or behavior they participate in? Mm-hmm. The main thing is to put on the armor every day. Uh, and that's in Ephesians 6 and 10. But here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people don't realize, like, uh, there's one one warlock. There there are such things as warlocks. There's such things as witches. There's such things as vampires. There's wolves. There's all kinds of stuff out here in the spiritual realm. But anyway, this one lady, she called me up because she was being attacked. And so I said, okay, well, I'll come down to your house, and we'll see what the Lord shows me. Found out that... Uh, she had a spirit named Jezebel in her. And I called Jezebel up, and I said, how would you get there? And she said, a man put me in here. And I said, you lying. Ain't no man been able to put no spirit in nobody. She said, yes, he is. He's a warlock. I said, well, how does he do it? She said, he's a jack. Uh, now, I have nothing against doctors, you hear me? But I'm trying to tell you, some of the doctors are not what you think they are. They are witches and warlocks. She said that this man put her. Uh, he was a doctor. He's a gynecologist, a gynecologist. Put her, in, put her in there, and the way he did it by touch. A lot of times you don't understand. You feel electricity jump out of somebody's hand and stuff. They might be putting something on you, or like you uh, uh, at church and stuff. A lot of witches, more like come to churches. They hold places like in Sunday school teachers and stuff. And all they do, oh, let me give you a honey. Let me give you a hug and show you how much I love you. And next thing you know, you can't sleep. You don't know why you're being attacked. Uh, but that's some of the ways that they can do that. And then generational, as say that a great-great-grandmother killed uh, a, a sacrifice to, to the demon named Moloch. And the reason she did that, 
so she can have power over her husband. And so now, is anytime you deal with that that aspect, you got to pay a price. So she might say, "Well, I give away my third and fourth generation. I'll give it to Moloch, so I can have power over my over my husband now." And so here's this child born, ain't did a thing, ain't did a thing, and this demon's already in him. Just like a lot of people that have a homosexual spirit, they tell you, "I was born this way." They're not lying. They're telling the truth. Those spirits entered into them before they was out of the womb. So that's why I was called. we work so hard to help people and don't try to condemn them. We're trying to help them. Wow. Now, because like, people get things through watching television. I heard that before, like that they watch uh, certain programs or mm-hmm. listen to certain uh, music. Is that true? Yes. Uh, fact about it, this uh, one demon, he admitted when he was being cast out, how did you get into it? I got into it through the Internet. They're watching uh, porno and stuff. And sometimes it's, it's the music. It's the music that's being played. Because uh, if, if I named him, you would know who he is, a big singer. Everybody knows him. And he came for deliverance. And he admitted that uh, his records wasn't going nowhere. So his agent went and got some witches to pray over their music. And when he did, that's when their music went to number one. So you can get oh, wow. possessed through it. You can get possessed by watching things on TV. Uh, you can get possessed by people putting something on you, putting a curse on you. Uh, generational curses. I said, all the way, like I was doing the deliverance on one lady, and the Lord told me, he said, say, trail of tears. And I said, trail of tears. And when I said that, she screamed. Her background, her lineage was Indian, and she was Cherokee. Now, I didn't know that. But when that thing screamed, it came up and talked to me. It was an altar from way back then, not nothing that she did, but from her generational. So I had to get the altar healed first to forgive and break the curses off that they put on the uh, white race before it got healed and the demon came out of it. Oh, wow. Now, as far as like, well, you talking about uh, the exorcism and deliverance. And when you say that, is it it anything like they they show in Hollywood or a movie like the movie Exorcist or... Is it something like that, or is it something else? Okay. You know, truthfully, Hollywood knows more about exorcism than most of the churches do. Uh, I've seen people, that, as I told you, a lady that levitated, a person whose head turned like 180, uh, a house that things were floating in there, and, um, I mean, not just floating, being thrown through the air and stuff. And sometimes, like this one preacher, his name was Lester Summerall, he was laying in his bed. And the demons came and picked his bed up and moved it clear across the room. And he opened up his eyes and he said, I'm going to tell you one thing, devil. You better put my bed back. And the devil picked him up and put it right back. So there's all kinds of things. Yeah, Hollywood knows a lot more about exorcism and demons than most people. Yeah. Yeah, you see a lot of times in Hollywood they they're um 
they know a lot about the spiritual realm and you wonder how these producers know, but a lot of it is like they don't know about the power of God, you know, they just like like to really talk focus on the dark side, even though what they what they're doing and portraying is true. But they don't know. They like to combat it with other stuff in the movies, but really the power of God, the power of Jesus. Whenever it comes to Hollywood, they don't really like to name Jesus, really. In fact, I made a teach. Yeah, I, I did an exorcism in Adams, Tennessee. If any of the people ever heard of the Bell Witch Curse, I was the one who was in that. And that there was not no special effect except for, you know, the uh, showing the spiritual room as best they could. But those noises and stuff actually happened when I was casting this demon out of the cave, which was in this man's family. That's why it called the uh, curse the bell witch. And if they go to A and E, you can find it. I was on the, I think I'm on the fifth uh, segment of that of that program. No, you so said what, what, is it, what is it called? What is called, it called? Curse the bell witch. Mm-hmm. And it's and on A and E. On, yeah, it was on A and E. It's called Curse, which is the program, and the segment was on the Bell Witch. It was a family named Bell, and what happened was John cheated this woman out of her land. He didn't know she was a witch, and because of that, she put a curse on him. And the curse was that any all of his first all of the family's firstborn would die a horrible death before they're thirty, and so. Here it is, uh, generation after generation, the firstborn is always dying a horrible death. One hung himself, one got, uh, that's the one only one I can remember offhand. He hung himself, but it's been coming up, so this young man called me up because he didn't want that to happen to his son. So we had to go down, I had to go down to uh, Clarksville to uh, do the deliverance there in a cave because that was the root of where the curse started at. And a lot of times when you're doing curse breakings and stuff, you need to know where the curse came from and where and how it's staying in there. That's something I didn't tell y'all earlier. But first of all, a curse is not a curse. I mean, a curse is not broken until it's broken. Curses is how demons get in. Strongholds is how they stay in. What's a stronghold? Well, the demon will get in. He gets looking around. He says, oh, I see this person has an anger issue. I'll come in here and I'll bring rage with me. Hey, rage, come on up in here. Uh, possession, manipulation, come on up here. And they fortify themselves behind the stronghold. So you have to break strongholds too. But as I say, I tell anybody, if you're going to do this, you really need somebody that knows what they're doing. I don't suggest that you do it by yourself. I don't suggest that you get with somebody who don't know what they're doing and trying to practice. Because i got a lady now that she just called me up, that she tried to do an exorcism on a friend of hers, and this thing done got into her. Oh, wow. Any more questions? That's almost like the, the seven sons of Sceva <laughs> in the book mm-hmm. of Acts. You know, yeah. they was, so the demon said, Jesus, I know Paul, I know, but who, but who are you? <laughs> mm-hmm. If you go back and read that, you'll see that those, they wasn't the only uh, people doing exorcism. They, most of the time, they always bring up the seven sons of Chiva, but you should read before then. There were other people doing exorcism, but these, he said, they wanted to try it by the name that Paul preaches. And as you just said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, 
well, who are you? And they whooped them. Yeah. These, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's nothing to play around with. It's a, it's a war going on, you know, and, but you, you do got to fight, fight in some way, form of fashion, you know, mm-hmm. because either you're going to be fighting or you're going to be getting run over. <laughs> so it's like, it's almost like really no choice. And it's like, you have people fighting spirits. You have people fighting depression, fighting hopelessness. Mm-hmm. They want to uh, kill themselves or, or all these different types of things, you know? That's one of the things that I'm glad you brought it up about suicide. People want to kill themselves. That is one of the easiest ones to cast out of a person. But see, if you don't know how to do it, or you don't have nobody that's able to do it, that's when you have these people committing suicide. I tell anybody, if you feel like you're getting ready to commit suicide, get in contact with me. I'll stop whatever I'm doing and try to accommodate that person. Because it's not that hard. Sometimes I can pray over the phone and people can be set free. But you got to remember, it ain't me that's doing it. I don't control the gift. The gift controls me. It is Jesus that does this. It's Jesus who's the power behind all this. It's Jesus that set the captives free. Because I didn't die for nobody. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what everything always goes back to, the the word and... uh... Mm-hmm. Our Lord and Savior Jesus, you know the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and our our loving Father in heaven, who's uh, the, the, most, the most high God. You know they're they're the ones, <laughs> you know, who got the power. We just we just we just uh, their servants or His children. You know, both of them. <laughs> you know, trying trying to help our brothers things, and sisters. One of the things that get me a lot of times, people say, well, "I'm born again. I got all the power." That is not the truth. See, the Bible says that Jesus blew on his disciples and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit, right? But they didn't get the power until they went up into the upper room. The Spirit of God came through there, and there was fire, like fire up on top of their heads, and they heard this noise like a mighty rushing wind. That's when they got the power. That's why he said, go to Jerusalem and remain there until you be endued. That means you've got to get something. Endued with power. The devil knows who's faking and who ain't. I've seen people that call themselves casting out demons, <laughs> and the demons are able to pull them down, pull them on the ground and stuff. I said, because you don't have no power. You should wait till the Lord gave you power, but God ain't going to give it to you if you're a lazy person. He ain't going to give it to you just so you can make yourself rich and stuff. Mm-mm. The Holy Spirit works on one thing, trying to save souls and trying to heal the sick and, bro- and heal the brokenhearted and get us back to the word of God, which is Jesus. He is the word. That's why it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So God and the word are the same. But you've got to find out what the word is. And the word is Alec Pal, which is the Hebrew alphabet. That's why he referred to himself three different times as the alphabet. But once, as I gave y'all the five letters earlier, you got to know those, uh, how each one of those letters, which is the word, all of them, and how to put them together. Like, Alice, Bet, Bet, Alice, which is Abba. Abba means father. But see, if you don't know the Hebrew part, you know, you pick it up in English, you wouldn't know that putting those four letters together 
is to get in contact with daddy or the father. Okay. Any more questions? Uh, well, we're we're just about at the end of it now. Um, we usually that Dorothy finish up with it, or she have any any questions, or want to say anything, or any comments on there. Yeah, I think I think he's been very thorough. Um, yeah. Very interesting. You know, there, I think there's a group of people specifically called to do this this exorcism stuff because I I just don't think it's for everybody. You know, what would be nice if, and I don't know if this is even possible. Are there symptoms to help identify whether or not you are being oppressed or, you know, just mm-hmm. sick? Well, I hear you. Well, one of the answer one of the questions, you say uh, that the special people are called to this, but if you go back to uh, Mark, the 16th chapter, it's, and reading at the 16th verse, it says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that is not uh, believe not, that means you don't have the power, shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow them. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. So it's a commandment for all of us to be able to do that. It's not it's not just a special fruit, a apostle or a prophet or anything. No, we're all called to do that. And uh I'm sorry, I missed the other part of your question. Uh are there um I just think that there are more people who are more inclined. You know how Father calls everybody to different things. I mean, we all mm-hmm. can cast out demons. You know, I've cast mm-hmm. out a few myself. But to actually mm-hmm. do the big jobs, you know, I don't know what else <laughs> yeah, to call them, but the big I jobs. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, that uh, takes it's a, just, mm-hmm. it's a special personality that can deal with that, you know. Uh, what I do, I travel around the United States training people. I set up deliverance teams all through the United States. So there's not nobody that cannot do this. You just have to remember, you don't control the gift. The gift controls you. It is Jesus operating in you to do these things. And uh, uh, I don't want to hold you up too long. But anyway, uh, as I tell people, if you want help, call uh, Bob Larkin Ministries or call some other ministries that on the internet, and they have people that will train you to do this. So there's a difference between deliverance light and heavy deliverance. And you can right. learn, and the more you, the more you you turn yourself over to the Lord, the more power you get. And my other question is: Are there specific things that go on in your life, like symptoms, that you can uh, tell whether or not it's oppression or whether it's mm-hmm. just, you know, okay. your sometimes body. You have people that, mm-hmm, sometimes you have people that uh, all of a sudden they're happy they're, and no reason at all. They just be happy. And all of a sudden they're depressed all of a sudden. Or they lie. No reason to lie. They just lie. Or they steal for no reason. Well, that kind of gives you an uh, inkling there's something wrong. And it don't always have to be the person. It could be a spirit in there that causes that. Like I had this one lady, uh, the only thing she ever went after was preachers. She wanted to have sex with all the pastors she could have. And she was married. But it wasn't her. It was a spirit in her. 
And once that spirit got out, she hasn't had no trouble since. That's been over, I guess, 10 years ago. And I still talk to them. So the main thing is realize you only limit by how much you limit God. God is an unlimited God. He can do anything but fail. So know that uh, some of the symptoms that you can, uh, people have, uh, pain in their body, uh, cussing with no reason, just all of a sudden cussing, twitching. You watch, that's one of the things, you watch your eyes. So the more anointing you have, the more you being around somebody that's got a spirit in them or a demon and stuff, they will start twitching. They'll look at you or they probably can't drop their eyes and don't want to look at you. So that's low self-esteem. Uh, a person that, that cannot, uh, that wants sex all the time or addicted to something, that's, that's a spirit. If you can't stop, uh, as they using drugs, you got an addiction spirit, and it has to be cast out. But it might be in the altar. That's why it takes so much, so long. It's not no five minutes, one day, one month. It takes a while to get to these things, and most people don't want to do it. Any other questions? They don't want to do it. They don't want to go through the work, or they just are too they don't want to, close to the familiar spirit. Uh, a lot of people don't want to uh, mess with doing deliverance for people because they say it takes too long. Uh, if it takes more than 15 minutes, they're tired. I don't want to do no more. Or they're afraid, oh, if I do that, the devil's going to attack me. So that's why I tell people, I said, listen, everybody's supposed to do this. If it was a, fem- a member of your family, you would work as long as it took to get that family member free. I got people with me right now are very dedicated. They'll be there every time I open the door. If I say I have a, next, a person that needs deliverance, they'll stay there and help with me. And some of them, they do it on their own. I, I just let them go ahead because they've been with me for a while, and they learn what they're doing. And they, you got to remember, you got to hear from the Holy Spirit. you got to flow from the Holy Spirit. But if you do it on your own, that ain't the Spirit of God, and you get attacked. But if you got the Spirit of God talking to you, telling you what to do, doing the curse breakings and stuff, it doesn't bother you. It sets that person free. And that's what Jesus came, to set the captives free. Okay, have you ever come across someone who didn't want to let go of the demon? Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. I'll do it real quick. I was called down to, uh, uh, what is that, Popular Bluff. And this man told me, he said, I need help. I need help. Can you come down here? And I said, okay, because I don't charge anything. So you can't beat the price. So I went down there, and I told him, I said, we're going to do curse breaking. He said, I don't want to do curse breaking. I said, well, uh, this is part of the thing. We have to do curse. I don't want to do curse breaking. I said, well, then why did you call me down here if you don't want to do what I tell you? He said, because I want what's in you out of me. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you know, you got angels in you. I want more demons than me. I said, ain't there something? <laughs> and and just like one time, I did a deliverance on a lady, and the uh, demons came up to talk to me. He said, I'm going to have to leave because you told me I have to. But she still wants me, so I'm going to go outside and wait on her. And I asked the lady, I said, did you hear that? She said, yeah, because I like to party and stuff. I said, lady, you just wasted my time. Going out, he's waiting on you. 
And she said, well, I don't want him. I said, yes, you do, because you don't, you don't want to do what God tells you. She went out, and I, I'm telling you, as soon as she went out that door, that demon came back in her. Within one week's time, he had wrecked her whole life, uh, got, her, got her put in jail, the ticket, lost her job, and lost her kids, all within one week's time. Because once they know that you know they're there, they're all out after you. And as long as they can keep you safe, there is no such thing as a devil. There is no such thing as demons. They can't tackle a Christian. Then they're happy with that. Do you have any more questions? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was wondering because I was involved in, in a situation at a conference, and we were trying to help a woman, and she just wouldn't let go. And it confused me because I hadn't run up against that until then, mm-hmm. you know, and it just – so that makes sense. That definitely makes sense because that's one of those things. You know how sometimes something happens and you just ponder why or how or, you know, Mhm. Yeah, I'll tell you, some people I've met. I met this, I've been doing this for thirty-seven years, and like some people bring their their kids there. They say, "Well, he's hooked on drugs and stuff." If he doesn't want to be off on drugs, ain't nothing I can do. I can cast the demon out, but as soon as he get away from or the person get away from, he's gonna come right back in. And most of the time, when they come back in, they bring in seven more demons bigger than themselves. So this time it'll be harder to cast them out. So if I ask the person first, do you want to be free? If you don't want to be free, I ain't wasting my time. Any other questions? I have a question that might not be relevant. I have a problem with tattoos. Um, And I know that the scripture in the Old Testament says, don't do the tattoos because that's paganism. Um, what what is the deal with tattoos? Because it I'm really bothers you me. You, you, you're talking to the right person. Oh, I good. Tell people this. <laughs> tattoos, as it says in the Old Testament, you don't do that on your body because it's a blood sacrifice. See, when people say, well, that's the Old Testament, it's still occurs to do a blood sacrifice. And that blood sacrifice is to a demon named Moloch. So every time they using those little needles and sticking you, blood sacrifice. I put, uh, and the only way you can break that, you have to, first of all, apologize to God. And then you break the curse. And then you anoint that place, wherever those, those uh, tattoos are. I've taught, touched people that had tattoos because the anointing, is against anything that goes against the Bible. So when I tell you, they manifest. Don't touch me. Swung on me and stuff. And then I had had to show who had power. <laughs> I said, Lord, show me. I need help. And I just raised my hand. The power of God knocked them backwards. So, yes, tattoos are wrong. You go to a tattoo parlor, even to get your eyes, uh, what they call the eyebrows tattooed up there, is wrong because of that demon named Moloch. They need to look that up. Moloch is the blood demon, and so is Jezebel. She usually rubs with him. Okay, so, you know, so my aversion to, to tattoos is spiritual then. <laughs> mm-hmm. And one of those things, if uh, you check with a person that got a tattoo, they're inclined to get a second, third, or fourth. Don't realize that this demon Moloch is in them. 
and that's why they they're craving to get these other tattoos. Wow. Any huh. other questions? I think that's it this time. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure as well, soon as the show is over, I'll have a million more. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get my number from uh, Jamil there and give me a call. Okay, I may do that. Okay. And <laughs> no, uh, I don't answer the phone until after twelve o'clock. <laughs> so if anybody calls me before twelve, I'm asleep. I'm a night person <laughs> because I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hear you. I hear you. I do have one question before we we get out. Okay. Uh, Could you talk a little bit about uh, your your ministry and how somebody, if if they would, if if there was a way they can contact you, like you got a web page or anything like that, if someone was looking for for help or or what what your services Uh, are? Okay. Well, I am the pastor of Jesus. Our church is called Jesus Christ Teaching Ministries. I teach what Jesus taught. I'm located in Independence, Missouri. If you want to uh, look me up, put in Pastor James Vivian, and it'll come up on the Internet, on YouTube and stuff. And if you want to, uh, I have a web page. It's called Jesus Christ Teaching Ministry. I think it's .org. I haven't been on it, but I know it's. It should be that Jesus Christ Teaching Ministry dot org on the web page, and it has other things on there. She even shows you some of the deliverances that the Lord has done while I was with Him. All right. Well, if you thank want to you. contact me, anybody want to contact me? Uh, my telephone number is eight one six three five zero two four two zero. That's eight one six. Three five zero two four two zero. Now you have to leave a message because that's my uh, business phone and everything, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But I do travel, and because of that, sometimes I don't get my message for like a week or so. But if I don't call you back in a week, call me. So, any other thing that you need from me, brother and sister? That was it. <laughs> no, <right>. um, <laughs> Yes, thank thank you for your well, time this evening. Well, thank you for inviting me. Have a blessed day. You, you too. Um, I guess I, I'll close out in prayer. Thank you for uh, this teaching. We thank you for this revelation, Father. Um, help those who need deliverance, oh, Father Lord, to, to seek help, Father, to get in your word, Father Lord, um, and, and to turn away from the things they're doing that, that is not like you, Father. Um, and, and strengthen, um, strengthen them, Father. Draw them towards salvation. Draw them to the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask these things in your Son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much for inviting yeah. me. It was nice having you on. I'm glad Jameer invited you. You'll have to come on again. All right. <laughs> well, just let me know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I yeah. stay busy, so. You have to kind of find out, you know, let me know in advance what day. And you know, I probably don't have nothing scheduled that day, then it's easy for me to stay on the phone like today. Ooh, yeah. But I just hope people learn there is help here. I'm not the only one that does this. I used to be with uh, 
uh, R.W. Schambach, I knew him, and I knew um, uh, P.L. Osborne, or Roberts, Billy Joe Doughty. But I kept learning. That's the main thing. I always learn. Yes. All right. All right. Well, you can give me a call later on. Give me a, oh, how do I find out? How to, can I get this on the broadcast or something? Yeah, Dorothy, um, Dorothy, I'll send you the link. Yeah, I okay. I will be sending it to um, – what I do is I download it from Blog Talk, and then I put it up on Vimeo, YouTube, and BitChute. And okay. I got a new one, real video. So whichever link is good for you, tell me which you prefer. <laughs> you know, I'll send them all to Jameer. <laughs> I know a little what? bit about exorcism, but I know nothing about computers and internet. <laughs> well, I try to reach as many people as I can out there yeah. with, with our programs because we do mostly uh, biblical teaching except for the show I do with the girls, which is biblical discussion, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of teaching, but not your standard teaching, you know. Um, But, yeah, because Father gave me a vision of um, his people starving, like that little Dickens movie with the Mm -hmm. orphan comes up and asks for more, you know. So (laughs) I try and get it out there as much as I can. I agree. I hope somebody will, you know, if they need help, you know, see it or hear it, rather. And... uh, Maybe we can find somebody in their area that can help. Like, uh, one I'm going to go to soon, I'm going down to Atlanta. Uh, he is, uh, his name is Pastor Donnie Williams, and he's really good. And then there's a, a ministry in Dallas, Texas. His name is Ray. Is that what his last name is? So just about anywhere you go, we try to be within 100 miles of somebody that we can help. Yeah, a hundred miles isn't too bad a drive. That's just a couple of hours, mm-hmm. so that's good. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Well, I I want to thank y'all again. I'm getting ready to get me something to eat. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to cook after this, so. <laughs> well, see, I'm I'm retired and all my kids are grown, so I have to go 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 somewhere to get something. And you know where I usually go? Barbecue. Ooh. Barbecue. I, oh, I hear I that the barbecue is better in the south. I live up north. Uh, <laughs> uh, you better say in Midwest, Kansas City is known for their barbecue. We have the, even had presidents fly in here on their jet planes, the land to come into Arthur Bryant. That's my uncle's barbecue place. So what does that tell you? They know about it. Mm. in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh boy! And then the other best place here is called Gates Barbecue. I got him on speed dial. Me and him a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time he came to one of our meetings. Right? He said, "Well, I want to know. Let's let me see what happens in neighborhood." put you on TV or something. I said, well, come on. He came, his wife saying what was going on, saw what the other saw what was going on, and they filmed some. 
He ain't back. He hadn't been back to another meeting. That was over two years ago. He <laughs> uh, said, "Well, he's seen enough. That was enough for him." And his wife said, "You better do it on my husband. I think he got a demon." And he said, "No, you got the demon." <laughs> oh. All right. Well, as I said, I'm gonna let y'all go, and y'all have a blessed day. All right. Uh, thank Father you. Blessed. Thank you for your time. Thank okay. you. All right. Just hang up the phone um, Alright everyone We'll see you next week I want you to all have a blessed week And I hope this Presentation Helped you figure some things out So Till next week Father bless Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.